get ready for the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. We're thankful, amen, for everyone that is here. We made a point to come out and be with us and worship the Lord. And uh, we're looking forward to the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. We're privileged. If you'd stand, amen. We're going to, uh, we're privileged to have with us tonight, amen, brother Dean Lunsford, amen. He pastors the uh, Apostolic Church in Hamilton, Ohio. Amen. He's been a friend of the family for many years. Uh, Brother Lunsford went to Bible college with my dad and I, amen, for a few years in Stockton and uh, learned to, uh, well, we built a relationship through the years and we're thankful for his friendship and fellowship. And uh, he made it a point to, to fly out, amen, all the way from Ohio, amen, to be there for the funeral yesterday. Amen. That meant a lot. We're thankful for that. And uh, we ask if you wouldn't mind, amen, preaching for us, amen, and uh, be with us. And so we want to uh, open our hearts to the word of the Lord, and we're praying that you would just receive whatever God has for you. And I, I'm believing that God has a word for my life tonight. Amen. 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 I want to receive what God has for me. And so we want Brother Lunsford, if he would just come, yes. preach to us, amen, we'll be the Holy Ghost, put our hands together, give him a warm welcome to him. Let's give the Lord praise here. Come on, let's praise him together. Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord all you people. And shout out with a voice of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your holy name. friends. We built a bond, a friendship, and uh, 
He introduced me to none other than Viva Burrito in Stockton, California. And that was our hangout, our meeting place. We would do study groups. And we would talk about tests and quizzes and helped one another. And then certainly uh, Sister Kathy Camarina uh, got to know her as well. And then the boys. And they've turned into fine young men of God. And I honor all the Camarina boys and their family, amen, the kids. Uh, this church, this church is a testament to your bishop's love for God and the work that they've put into this city of Lathrop. And uh, I believe the best is yet to come. Amen. I, I really do with all my heart. I felt to share that with you. The best is still yet to come. And um, I, I wouldn't have missed that service yesterday for Bishop Camarina for anything. And I uh, uh, certainly, my heart was broke uh, for the family. And yet, uh, I knew he was ready to meet the Lord. Yeah. Amen. So I'm happy for my friend that he is with the Lord and he's receiving his reward and his uh, rest. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. His Amen. rest from, from this life. And we will see him again. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's so many things that were said yesterday at the service. Wonderful things, and a lot, a lot of tears being shed, tears of joy, and uh, you know we're going to miss him going forward. We, we certainly will. There's a void, you know, in our hearts. And um, but what I wanted to share with you as well tonight is that the bishop he always believed in great revival. Amen. Had a, had a, had a, he, he was small in stature, but he had a big heart, didn't he? Amen. Had a big vision. And he would always tell me, he would always tell me, he said, Lathrop, this was 25 years ago, he would say, Lathrop is going to be growing. He said, there's going to be new houses built. There's going to be families coming into Lathrop. Yeah. He said, it's going to be a place that people want to live and people want to move in. And he said, we're going to be here to reach the harvest. And I claim that. I receive yeah. that. Amen. He was right. He was right. <laughs> Everywhere you look now in Lathrop, new houses and, yeah. and influx of people. And, yeah. and I, I claim that vision. And it's a reality today. Amen. Amen. And the Camarina family coming to Lathrop uh, many years ago, it was in the will of God. Amen. Amen. The Lord wants a church right here yes, in this city. There's a harvest of souls to be And uh, I, I believe great revival is not only here, but a great revival is on its way. Amen. And I, I claim it for this church. Amen. And I, I receive that. And I, I just want this church to know that uh, we will be praying for all of you in the days to come uh, with the transition. And uh, I, I know you'll be fine. This church is in good hands. And Sister Kathy Camarina will be lifting you up daily. Uh, you and the boys and the family, the daughter-in-laws, the grandchildren, this church, we're lifting all of you up. God's with you. Uh, everything's going to be okay. And the greatest thing that this church can do to honor the life of Bishop Camarina is to follow his example. Yes. Yeah. Keep loving the Lord. Keep being faithful. Come on, keep being worshipers. Keep loving the house of God. Keep loving the things of God. Stay on course. Follow his example and his lead. 
going to be preaching to you tonight with a burden upon my heart. And I, I'm going to preach to you uh, regarding uh, the things that the bishop loved and he cared about, which was the house of God, right? Amen. The things of God. Right. That's what I feel to preach to you about tonight, to just encourage you to keep on keeping on. Amen. This is no time to quit. Right. This is no time to let down or right. compromise. We got to just keep on going, and we've got to finish the race like the bishop has. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, I'm going to invite your attention to Genesis chapter 35. Genesis 35, and um, I wanted to share very quickly with you uh, our church. We just. Uh, came out of revival. We had a youth uh, revival, a youth week at our church, and um, we had seven people receive the Holy Ghost. Praise be to God. Amen. Uh, one of them was my, my youngest son, uh, Wade, who received the Holy Ghost, which was a very big deal. Amen. Very big deal. I just baptized him in Jesus' name recently, and he wanted the Holy Ghost. And he said, Dad, I want the Holy Ghost. I said, well, you can get the Holy Ghost. And he, he received it. We had six others uh, throughout the revival weekend that received the Holy Ghost. And it was it was precious and special to see what God did. And then we had four physical miracles that God did in that service. There was some healing that took place. And uh, a 12-year-old girl in our church, precious young girl, her name's Estrella, Sister Estrella, she received the Holy Ghost uh, Thursday night of the revival. Then Friday, she, she came back, and of course, she's faithful with her family. And uh, Sister Estrella was born, uh, one of her eyes, uh, it, it, was, it was crooked. It was a crook, her eye, just it was crooked. And she had no vision in one of her eyes. The other eye was fine. She had great vision. But the other eye, it was crooked and no vision. And in the middle of the service, toward the end of the service, the altar uh, call uh, her mom and dad started praising and shouting. Sister Stray was shouting. And uh, I wanted to know what was going on. You know, something good just happened. And I found out, I found out that uh, her glasses came down uh, her nose. And then she said she felt something come over her eye. She put her glasses back on. And all of a sudden her eye straightened up. And vision came into her eye. God did a physical miracle of healing for that 12-year-old girl. Come on, how many believes he's still a miracle worker? He's still a healer. She went back to the doctor last week and the doctor said it's a miracle. Hallelujah. There's no other explanation. I'm going to get something in writing because there's doubters, there's skeptics, but I'm here to tell you God is still a healer. He's still a miracle worker. He's still the blind eye opener. He's something in your life. He can do it tonight. 
If you need God to do a miracle in your body, if you need a healing, come on, God can do it tonight. Why should we not expect it and believe it tonight? If you need the Holy Ghost, you can receive it tonight. If there's a, a marriage relationship that's on the rocks, it's crumbling, it's falling apart, God knows how to fix it and to heal it tonight. Maybe you say, uh, Pastor Lunsford, uh, my life is a wreck and my back's against the wall and I don't know where to turn, what to do. Listen, God can give you direction in this service tonight. God can speak a word, a clear sound into your spirit tonight if you'll receive it in this service. Genesis chapter 35. If you're there, say, I got it. And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel. Everybody say Bethel. And dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau, thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household, all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you. Uh, In other words, that which is not pleasing to the Lord. Amen. Put it away and be clean and change your garments. Verse 3, let us arise and go up to Bethel and I'll make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them. And they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel. Everybody say Bethel. Bethel. He and all the people that were with him, and he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Also consider with me Psalm 122. Psalm 122, verse number one. How many is going to preach with me tonight? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Psalm 122. I know it's Wednesday night, but we can have church camp. Yes, sir. God can move on Wednesday night. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. He can do miracles tonight in this service. It doesn't matter to the Lord what the day of the week is. Right, right. Psalm 122, verse number 1. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go yeah. into the house yes, of the Lord. Let's read that together. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. And I want to preach to you tonight. I want to preach to Abundant Life Center. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Let's put our Bibles down and give the Lord a hand clap of praise here this evening.
down and let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. My uh, wife greets all of you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And hopefully next time around she'll be with me yes. and my, my children. We have four uh, four children. Amen. And uh, oldest, 19. The youngest is 8. Uh, 19, 16, 10, and 8. And hopefully they'll be with me next time. Amen. Yes. And, uh, Amen. I miss them. They miss me. And uh, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Praise God. And, uh, but uh, we, we love all of you. And again, thank you for uh, having us tonight, uh, having me tonight and allowing me to be here. And uh, I believe uh, I'm in the will of God by being in this service tonight. Amen. I, uh, I remember the story very well. Uh, it's one of those things that I, I suppose lodge in your mind. When you hear about or read about it, all of us, uh, we hear stories and uh, some things, you know, you forget about and other things when you hear it, you, you never forget about. Right, right. And this was one of those stories that I, that I read and it just always stuck with me. And uh, the stories told a young uh, uh, a man wrote this story talking about when he was was younger. He said that his brother and himself were with their dad in an old black beat-up pickup truck. They was driving down a dirt road out in a small oil field just outside of Carmen, California. You ever heard of Carmen, California? Yes, sir. And uh, he said that his dad pulled over to the side of the road and he, he stopped and he, he told his boys, he said, look over there. And he, he pointed and it was obviously a place of some horrible accident that had happened. And he said, Dad began to explain to us, and we understood what a terrible thing it had been. There was an oil drilling rig that had been operating there just a day or two before they pulled up. And the ruin of it rose from the flat terrain about a hundred yards from us, he said. And the top half of that oil rig was lying along the ground. It was a mass of of twisted metal and it was easy he said even for us to realize what had happened the top of the structure had simply toppled over crashing onto the rest of it and he said as we sat there in that old beat-up truck he said my dad began to tell us about the oil driller and just that morning dad was leaving for work and and he, he told uh, he, my mom his wife he, he told her of his concerns and his uneasiness about the condition of the rig. We all know what it's like to just have a gut feeling about something. Can I get a witness to that? Yeah. You don't exactly, you can't explain it. You don't know the details, but sometimes you just got an instinct, right. a gut feeling. And the dad had a gut feeling about this oil rig and the, the safety of it. And, and the dad looked at his wife and he said, that oil rig is a piece of junk. And he said, one day somebody's going to get killed because of that oil rig. An accident. I guess was inevitable. And when those pins sheared and the top half of that oil rig began to fall, the crew 
began to run just like any of us would begin to run. If you begin to see an oil rig fall, you run. That's a natural reaction. And everybody ran and everybody got off safe except the oil driller. He had from where he was standing on the floor when that top began to fall toward him, he had two choices of escape routes. He could run to his left and down some stairs and off the rig to safety. Or he could run to his right across the floor and there moving quickly behind the huge engine that powered the rig might find a place of safety and shelter. He had only a split second to decide. He didn't have minutes. He didn't have hours to work up a plan. I repeat, he had a split second to decide which way to run. Unfortunately, the oil driller chose the wrong way. Running across the floor, he veered to the right, heading for the safety of the massive engine. But before he could get there, those falling tons of steel pinned him against the radiator and crushed his life out. And the man telling the story, he said, I, I did not see the body. He said, but my dad had seen it the day before. And he said, as he was telling my brother and I the story, his face was a study in horror as he turned it into an object lesson, a life lesson for his sons. He said, I'll never forget the look in my dad's eyes or the words he spoke to us that day as he described what had happened to the man who ran the wrong way. And he said, boys, listen to me. He said, always, always, always look around you. Pay attention. Think ahead. And he said, always know where to run. It just might save your life. Can I preach to somebody tonight that is still good advice in 2021? You've got to know where to go when trouble's on its way. You've got to know where to run when all hell is breaking loose. I'm glad we got a place called the house of God. We can bring problems. We can bring trial. Somebody help me for just a moment. You can bring calamity. You can into this house of worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can bring all of life's pressure and issues into the house of God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes. I preach to you tonight. You've got to know where to run. You've got to know where to go. We're living in dangerous times. We're living in end times. We're in the last days of the last days. Evil men, the Bible said in describing our day, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. Sincerity is no guaranteed test of correctness. They are deceived themselves, and if you follow them, you'll be deceived also. Yeah. Don't be fooled 
by someone's seeming sincerity because the seducing spirit of our world will lead us down the wrong path. You've got to make up in your mind which way you're going in life, who you're serving. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to love the house of God like the bishop did. Oh, hallelujah. When I was praying about this service, I said, God, what do you want? Lord, what do you want tonight? And I felt that, that gentle spirit of the Lord. I, I felt that still small voice say, remind them to love what the bishop loved. Amen. The Lord said, he loved my house. He loved the house, my house. If there's anything the bishop loved, he loved being in the house of God. Amen. He loved the church. He loved praising and worshiping God. Listen, mom and dads, grandma and grandpas, there's people watching us. There's young people watching us, looking to us. There's friends watching us. Come on, I want to be a good example. How about you? I want to be a positive example. Hallelujah. If I lead anybody anywhere, I want to lead them right here to the presence of God, the house of God. The tabernacle, the sanctuary. You wonder why hell fights you when it's time to come to the house of God. Uh huh. Come on. You wonder why all kinds of things happen and take place when you're getting ready to go to the house of God. The enemy's trying to distract you. He's trying to keep you from getting here. Because when you walk through those doors, the devil is defeated. Hallelujah. When you walk into the presence of God, victory is sure. Hallelujah. Miracle signs and wonders. Somebody will knock on your door. Somebody will want to come visit you. You say, Pastor, what, 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 do I, what do I tell them? Tell them to come to the house of God with you. Hey, I'm going to church. We can visit later. Hey, thanks for calling me, but I'm getting ready to go to church. We'll talk later. Praise God. Come on, don't let anybody or anything hold you back. Don't let anybody or anything stop you. Hallelujah. I want to be faithful. Like David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Don't let anything stop you. Get to the house of God. Get to this place. Amen. The Bible said we have an enemy. Amen. Matter of fact, the scripture said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary or your enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You better believe the enemy, your adversary, my adversary, he is seeking whom he may devour. He's looking. Amen. Like a roaring lion. If you know anything about lions... Lions like to attack. Yes. I may know that tonight. Yeah. Lions don't attack the herds normally. It's very rare for lions to attack flocks. 
Lions look for that little sheep that has wandered away. Lions look for that little sheep that's gotten away from the fold. Lions look for that little lamb that's doing its own thing, going its own way. Hallelujah. What I'm preaching tonight is stay with the church. Stay with the fold. Stay in the house of God. There's protection. makes me pray for the enemy what makes me pray for an attack it's when you isolate yourself yeah well what do you mean preacher you stay home when you know where you need to be yeah that's right you're laying off from the house of god and you don't have no good reason come on you know where you're supposed to be yeah now listen listen i i understand we all uh, we're, we're getting through this COVID thing. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. We're dealing with it in Ohio just like you are. You know. Uh, I'm not. I, I, I believe in being cautious. I'm not anti-mask. I don't want to wear them any longer than I have to. Though. Right. Somebody say amen or oh man. You know I'm not against social distancing. If somebody feels like they don't want to be close to me. But that's fine. Okay. Trying to invade anybody's space, yeah. but I don't want to do it any longer than we have to. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I, I know there's folks that say, "Well, I can't go to church." The COVID. You know, I'm afraid. I'm scared. And and I I've, I've had I've had people of faith tell me how scared they are. Yeah. And we're not undermining it. We're not saying it's not real. But I'm here to tell you, we need the house of God more than we've ever needed the house of God. Come on, social distance if you need to. Wear your mask all day long if you need to. But don't stay away from the house of God. Don't stay away from the presence of the Lord. We need what we get here. Tonight, but I'm telling you, you can't make it without. 
addition to our church in Hamilton, this virus situation, it's creating a, a sifting that's going on. There's a sifting. It's separating the, the sheep from the goat. It's separating the wheat from the tares. Oh, yes. Faith is being tested. It's showing who really has faith and who doesn't. Oh, yes, it is. And listen, we've taken precautions. We, 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 we use a lot of hand sanitizer. I'm not against it. I'm really not. But please, don't use this coronavirus as an excuse to why you can't be in the house of God. Amen. No excuses. Now, what I just said, there's people probably going to get mad at me. There's probably somebody watching online throwing tomatoes at the screen right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm leaving tomorrow morning. My flight's going out tomorrow morning early. Praise God. But what I'm telling you is right. Amen. What you get by being here with your congregation, with your church family, it has benefits that you and I will never understand. We'll never be able to comprehend all the benefits that we receive. And I've come to tell you tonight that there's times in life when that oil rig begins to fall. When trouble begins to come our way. And you've got to have your mind made up which way that you're running and where you're running to. It's too late to make up your mind when the oil rig begins to fall. You've got to decide, I'm one God. I'm Jesus' name. I'm apostolic from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I'm a Holy Ghost here insight 
in uh, chapter 10, verse 25. Think of, think of our day now. And, and here's how I want you to think of this. Listen. There's a lot of churches, and, and not, not apostolic churches that I know of, but right. a lot of denominal churches have been hit really hard. All of us have been hit hard in some way, right? Every yeah. church. Yeah. It's challenged us as churches, as pastors. Yeah. There's been things we've had to do that we've never had to do before. Right, right. You know, I mean, churches using internet, uh, it, it's 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 not just options anymore, right? Right. It's essential. It, it's a must as far as reaching people, and and uh, a lot of states shut down. You know, uh, we we got to meet, we got to connect, but just a lot of challenges have taken place. But denominal churches, many of them have either not opened back up, right. or they've suffered a very large attendance decrease. Right. I mean, I'm telling it right. Yeah. And. It, it's been a reality, and, and thank God our apostolic churches, the majority that I'm aware of, they're above the statistics. We're doing good, praise God, because of the help of the Lord. Yeah. We're having revival. We're doing our best, praise God. But uh, the Apostle Paul gave us insight into our day, and he said this, chapter 10, verse 25. He said, not forsaking the assembling." Of ourselves together. In the manner. I got it pulled up. In the manner. As some is. Right? Right. And then he went on. and there, there it is. But exhorting or encouraging one another. Yes. And so much the more. Turn to somebody and said so much the more. As ye see the day approaching. Amen. In the manner as of some is means as some are doing, they're forsaking. They're not going to the house of God. Listen, the apostle Paul said, "We don't need less church." Yes. He said, "We need more church." How many know I'm in the book here tonight? Amen. Yes. That's right. Come on, turn to somebody. And tell him he's in the book tonight. Amen. Amen. Paul said, "As you get as we're as we're in the end times," he said, "We don't need less church." We need more church. Praise God. Amen. And I, I believe that whether we make it or whether we miss it is going to depend on how much we love the house right. of God. That's right. right. That's right. I believe that with all my heart. Hallelujah. 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 Whether it's in our heart. Amen. David said one thing have I desired. And that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Yeah. Amen. You see, Jacob, Jacob needed to run. Jacob had stolen his brother's blessing by deceiving his father. And many of you know the story. He dressed up like Esau and cleverly used lamb's fleece. To mimic his brother's hairy arms and neck. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. He was fooling his father. The Bible said that Isaac blessed the wrong son. Anger burned hot in Esau, and he said that when he got would get his hands on Jacob, he said, I'm going to kill him. And Jacob knew that now was the time he needed some place to run. 
He went to his mother and said, Mom, which way should I go? And his mother said, Son, if you're not going to be here, I want you to go and be among my people. I want you to be where somebody knows about God. I want you to be where somebody loves the same Lord that we love. So when you run, I want you to run to the family of God, the people of God. Go to your roots, son. Thank God Jacob knew enough to listen to his mother and to listen to the elders. Thank God for the elders that's in our life. Praise God. Thank God for the men and women of God that have prepared the way before us. They know what they're talking about. Can you say amen tonight? But where are you going to run when the chips are down? Where are you going to go when life is tough? And I promise you, life will not always be good. Life will not always go your way. None of us always get our way, do we? I had an elder tell me years ago, he said, even God does not always get his way. Think about it. Even God does not always get his way. What do you mean by that? Well, if God always got his way, there would be no empty seats in this house right now. Think about it. If God always got his way, this building right now would not have enough room for the revival. What do you mean? What I mean is God doesn't push. He doesn't force. He doesn't make anybody do right. He won't make you come to his house. He wants you to. He'll nudge you. He'll woo you. He'll convict you. But he won't make you get out of bed on Sunday morning and come to Easter Sunday service. There's got to be something in you that says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house You've got to want it. You've got to desire it. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that Jacob had something in him. Hallelujah. Then he said, I'm going to go to Bethel. Hallelujah. I'm going to go to Bethel. And, and uh, Bethel, you know, that's that, that's the, it means the house of God is what Bethel means. That's the place where heaven meets earth. And that's the place where angels come and go. And that's the place where the presence of God dwells. Amen. And Bethel, Bethel was a special place. To Jacob. You know the story. Jacob laid his head down on a rock, and all of a sudden he got a dream. He saw angels ascending and descending on that ladder. He woke up, he said, Surely the presence of the Lord was here, and I knew it not. And Jacob made commitments to God. Jacob said, God, I'll give you a tenth of everything I have and earn and make. I'll give you my first fruits. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hear me tonight. Tithing did not start with the law. Tithing preceded the law. People that say, well, that was law. No, no, no. Tithing began way before the law ever started. Tithing preceded the law. And tithing went on after the law. Somebody say amen or amen. 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 But he woke up. He had a commitment with God. And it changed Jacob's life. Something happened to him at the house of God. Amen. And now it's 30 years later. Jacob's come home. 
He's met his God beyond the brook, his brother Esau, this side of it. Instead of the flash sword, flash of swords, the Bible said they fell on each other's neck. And they're weeping with joyous reunion. And Jacob settles in the land and his children begin to grow. Amen. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, other things begin to happen. And Jacob finds more uh, trouble. And Jacob doesn't know what to do. And it's time to run again. And Jacob remembers something. He said, I haven't been to Bethel in a long time. And Jacob gets everybody together and heads toward Bethel again. And this is not a light thing. It's not an easy decision. He said to his family, if we're going back to Bethel, if we're going back to our roots and where it all started, he said, we're going to have to change some things. He said, we're going to have to do some things different. Let's get rid of all these gods that we've allowed to capture our attention and to distract us. He said, let's cleanse ourselves. Let's get rid of all the things that's begun to cling to us. He said, let's change our clothes. Let's get a fresh beginning. Let's start all over again. Oh, I'm glad that the house of God is a place of fresh beginning. This is a place where you can start over. The backslider can come to hope. The backslider can begin again. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The backslider can find what they left in the house of God. Amen. And I pray that when backsliders come back home, the church they left is the church they'll find. Right. Amen. We still preach the same message. Yes. We still love the same God. We still believe in holiness and righteousness. We still believe in one God. We still baptize in that name of Jesus. We still believe the Holy Ghost is not optional. You've got to have it. You've got to be born again of water and the Spirit. And so when Jacob got to Bethel and he went back, it changed his life again. Our second trip to Bethel can be better than the first trip. Right, right. And Jacob got a glimpse. And the Bible said from that moment onward, he called it not just Bethel, but El Bethel. Not just the house of God, but the God of the house. Yes. Jacob said it's not just the house of God, it's the house of my God. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on. I don't just go there. That's my church too. I don't just attend there. But that's my church too. He's not just a preacher. He's my pastor. He's my man of God. They're not just acquaintances. They're my brothers. They're my sisters. It's the house of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. As I... As I prepare to bring this home uh, here tonight, please, please hear my heart. Bishop Camarena, he was faithful to the house of God. He loved it. You couldn't keep him out of the house of God. He was faithful. And that spirit of faithfulness and that foundation that he's given to this church, him and his precious wife, it's laid a foundation 
for future generations to build upon. His legacy will stand. His influence will continue. It's going to go on. This church is going to be fine. This church is going to be okay. You say, you see what we do? You keep on being faithful to God. We just lost our bishop. Yes, but he was wise enough to have a place and to have a plan already in place. He, he, he knew. He knew he wasn't going to live forever. Sometimes we, sometimes we think, you know, we're all going to live forever. And we don't, do we? You know, the death rate in America is still 100%. Amen. Listen, we're either going to be raptured or we're going to go by the way of death, aren't we? But here's what I know. Until that rapture, death comes, I'm going to be faithful to God. I'm going to be in His hands. Be praising him. I'm going to be loving him. Yeah. I'm going to be leading my family, yes, my children, sir. and my grandchildren should that day come. I'm going to be leading them in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'm going to be bringing them to prayer meeting. I'm going to be bringing them to outreach. Yeah. I'm going to be bringing them yes. to revival services. Stand with me tonight. Stand with me. There's just something about the house of God. And there was something put in me as a young person from my parents and my pastor. I just can't get enough of the house of God. And I, and I know there's people that think that we're weird, that there's something wrong with it. One guy told me, he said, have you ever heard of too much of a good thing? That's what he told me. He said, you all go to church too much. And I said, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know what he brought me out of. You don't know the hell he delivered me out of. Nobody says you go to the bar too much. Nobody says you go to the nightclub too much. Nobody says you do drugs too much. But they got a problem with the house of God. Right, right. I, I, told, I told another person one time, I said, why does it bother you? I said, why does it bother you? I said, I'll tell you why, because it convicts you. Right, right. It convicts you. When people are doing right, it puts a spotlight of conviction on their sin. But they can join us. They can be a part of us. And I promise you, when you fall in love with Jesus, you won't be able to get enough of him. I got tired of the world, but I never got tired of Jesus. Come on, we can't have too much of church. We can't have too much of his presence. We can't have too much prayer. We can't have too much work. I believe. I believe. We got to get all that out of us. But you know why? The less we want to be in God's house, the more we ought to be determined to get here. Right. Amen. Yeah. Why? Why is it? Why is it when trouble comes along that we stay home? 
I'm saying the weed and put us all in the same. But listen, why is it we allow problems of life to keep us home? This is where we're supposed to be. This is where we need to be. Come on, we can get prayed for. we got brothers and sisters that care, that will love us. we got people that will surround us. They'll be here for us. But the enemy will use trouble in your life to get you to stay home, stay on the couch. One, one guy told me, true story, he told me. He said, he said my living room is my sanctuary. He said, the tele-evangelist is my pastor. Well, that really just set me off right there. And so that's what he said. That tele-evangelist is my, my pastor. He said, I send my money in through the TV. And I said, huh? And then, then, then I told him, I said, do you think that tele-evangelist is going to come visit you when, when you're in the hospital? Right. I said, do you think that televangelist will knock on your door at home because they care about you and love you? Do you think that televangelist is going to go to where you are and pray for you and baptize your babies and dedicate them under the Lord? Baptize your family members in Jesus. He said, no, no, he probably wasn't, would he? I said, no. I said, you need a pastor. You need a church. You need a body of Christ that you belong Lift your hands with me here tonight. Come on, the presence of God is in this place. Come on, the presence of the Lord is here. You need a church family. You need a man of God. You need brothers and sisters that believe with you. That have precious light, faith. Hallelujah. You need a body of believers that are joined with you. Lord's talking to your heart tonight. 